You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello. Welcome to the Roundtable. I am joined by Philip Marshall and Keith Niebuhr. It's more or less a triangle instead of a roundtable. <laughs> but it'll work. Um, it's uh, the Deep South's oldest rivalry coming up. This is Georgia week. Uh, the 106th meeting, I believe. Um, they've met a lot. That's why they say it's the oldest rivalry. Um, guys, I can't get my finger on this game. Discuss. Oh, <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's extremely difficult to get your finger on. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, it's two really, really good defenses. That's 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 the obvious thing. Uh, Auburn's played at home, where they play better, a lot better. But I, and I, I and I know they haven't played the same. They didn't play a team like LSU at home or Florida at home. But but historically, they played better, and they played well at home this year. And they played well against Alabama and Georgia at home. I mean, there's a lot made about Gus Malzahn being zero and three at uh at Tuscaloosa and in Athens, but he's also two and one in Auburn against both of those teams. So that's only one game difference. Uh, I think it's going to come. I think it's going to be hard to score for both teams. And uh, I, I think Georgia's got an advantage with the quarterback just because he's a veteran guy and Auburn's got the home field advantage. And uh, I think Auburn's got to figure out a way to run the ball. But then again, I think Georgia's got to figure out a way to run the ball too, and I think it's going to be hard for either one of them. So it's you know turnovers, mistakes. That's probably what I'll decide it. I'm with Philip. I mean, I you know, can anybody run the ball? And then which quarterback can make the plays? And you know, Bo Nix has been really good at home, not as good on the road in those hostile environments. So now he's playing a great team, what we think's a great team at home. So how is that going to? What's the difference going to be? Is it going to be somewhere in the middle? Is it going to be? Closer to great? Is it going to be closer to not so good? We don't know. But the way Jake Fromm played and some of the throws he made against Florida, and particularly a late third and long that really ended the game, was one of the better throws I think I've seen. And, and yeah, granted, I haven't been covering the SEC as long as you, Philip, but since like 1992, third down, a blitzer in his face, third and long, a, a flow uh, throw, excuse me, to the right sideline, pretty deep, um, just on the money. And that, that's the Jake Fromm that's going to be tough to beat. Well, but if I you did, can put uh, pressure on – go ahead. I've been, covering, I've been covering college football, of course, since that first Auburn-Georgia game. Yeah, they, 18 yeah. – When the hey. Eagle died. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Philip, uh, I'm looking – they, they didn't throw passes in. So. Philip, I'm looking out my window. I'm looking out my window in Atlanta right now, and I can almost see Piedmont Park where they played that game. <laughs> that's right. And I was wondering yeah. – I was going to ask – I was going to ask you what the if the press box was as bad back then as it is now. Bad, at, better at than now. It's better than the one. That was just, it, was just okay. wooden, it was just it was just a wooden it was just a wooden it was just a tree a cut off tree stump. Right? Yeah, but back you could actually mean, the difference is you could actually watch the game. Now, did you write uh, a unit? Did you write a unit? <laughs> did, 
did you did you ride a unicycle to the game or did you take the streetcar? You know, <laughs> but no, I mean Jake from the throws that that he made in that game. Those are the throws that Georgia needs him to make. Now, Georgia, though, their offense with all these guys, that great offensive line, Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift at running back, who's probably going to be a first-round pick, a stable of what we thought were really good receivers, they don't have a ton of chunk plays against good teams. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, they kind of methodically go down the field. Well, when you play really good teams, 17-play, 85-yard drives are hard to come by. Things things break down. you got to have some chunk plays, and obviously Auburn needs them in this game. But, I mean – from the, on the surface, the difference would be veteran quarterback. Yeah, you know, the question is, what Jake Fromm are they going to get? Uh, he's been pretty good his whole career. We can say that. Uh, is he going to be the Florida Jake Fromm, or is he going to be the one against South Carolina that missed a lot of open receivers? Now, Florida did not put a lot of pressure on him. That's why that no. last throw was so great. But South Carolina did, and Auburn in 2017 was in his face the entire night. Yep. Pressure up the middle, pressure from the sides. Jeff Holland. Now, who's going to be that Jeff Holland guy in this game? I like Marlin. these tackles. Well, yeah. So if they can replicate that, you know, he's passed for under 50% in that game, completed under 50% of his passes. That's your best chance. I think they're going to get yards running the ball, just as I think Auburn's going to get yards running the ball. Not going to be easy, but there's going to be some plays in there. Mm, I think Georgia's going to attack the middle of the field with the tight ends like they like to do. Auburn's throwing to the tight end more this year. It's just an a fascinating matchup. Then you throw in the fact that I can't think, and I, again, been doing this quite a while. I don't know if there's any team in the SEC that is that has more of a true home field advantage for a big game than Auburn. Now there are teams that play great at home, Alabama, LSU. They they played great at home when they were great. Tennessee, Philip was great at home in the '90s. Now now they don't have much of an advantage there. What changed? The team changed. But <laughs> Auburn, there's just something about that place in a big game. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, t- they say Tiger Stadiums like that. But I've only been there when they weren't good, so I haven't been able to experience that. But uh, there's just Auburn is just a different team. We'll see. I think it's a there's a lot. One, it's a rival. It's always the rivalry games that are the big ones as far as not necessarily just because of rivalries, but because they're always highly ranked now. And Auburn's always in the mix there. And it's always in November here at the end of the season, and it just ramps things up, makes things so much more important. I think that's what really helps. I think if this game was being played like you know, next season in October, I think it'd be totally rowdy, totally but it'd be a little bit different. Yeah. Totally. It'll be, it'll be like the LSU game is normally that's what it'll be like. Yeah. Like the LSU game well, last guys, year at Auburn. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well guys, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something else that's going to change next year is George, as Georgia's recruiting profile has gone more national. They're going to have less kids from Georgia playing in that game. And thus Auburn is always going to recruit out of the three main states. Now you've got your Derek Halls from Mississippi, but by and large, those three states, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, it, it's almost, and Philip, I think you and I have talked about this before the Auburn, Alabama game, all these Auburn kids were guys from these states that know that rivalry and Alabama yeah. as they went national, started getting kids that really didn't know much about the rivalry or know much about Auburn. And you could argue that that game maybe has meant more to Auburn players. Now, I don't know if that, I don't want to say that. Well, I think it means no. I think it means a lot to everybody. But yeah, I, I get that. But I mean, you know but, what I mean. But you're right. I mean, this game, this game Saturday, for those guys from Georgia, it means a whole lot now. It's uh, I think it, it means, means more it, than the Iron Bowl. To no question. Them. Now, now sometimes that by the time guys get to be like seniors, sometimes that's changed because they've experienced the Iron sure. Bowl enough. But but for the most part, absolutely, and uh. Uh, this is a game they want to win more than any other. And uh, it's, uh, 
And it's always been kind of interesting because really, I mean, Georgia's got a couple of guys from Alabama now. Uh, but for the most part, Georgia's never really recruited much at Alabama before Kirby got there. So it was always a bunch of Georgia guys from Auburn and none, one or maybe none from Alabama playing for Georgia. So that, that was, I think that's always been a, if you want to call it that, an emotional difference in the game. Well, I think uh, Auburn's defense is going to have a lot of emotion going against George Pickens. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say. Oof. I would say. Um, I'm looking forward to the to the to watching the line of scrimmage at, at least when they're oh goodness man at, at least when they're on the south end of the field where I can see it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but that's going to be fun to watch. Not, Are you sure you can still play. see it? Uh, not very well. Yeah. Not very the, well. The press box I mean, sucks, you know that, everybody. The, 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 the Georgia <laughs> offensive, the Georgia offensive line played pretty well in that game last year. But people forget, for the first ninety percent of that first half, didn't Auburn outplay Georgia? Georgia well, they, scored late. That Auburn gave but, up a long play right up the middle that really changed the dynamic. Well, the they gave up. I gave up a touchdown pass right before the half. Uh, half, yeah. Uh, but but, uh, but but you know it's it's really weird. How poorly Auburn has played on offense against Georgia. Over. It's it's uncanny. It, it, it's incredible. I mean, you know. I mean, I started looking back. I mean, they they and the funny thing about it is they always score first. Yeah. Well, you got to give Georgia credit. You know, one of those games was the SEC championship game in twenty seven. You know, Auburn had just flattened Georgia, forty to seventeen, and it was forty to ten in that game. Now, uh, the game was fairly close going into the third quarter, but Auburn ended up blowing them out. And, and you know, they get to Atlanta. Auburn goes down the field, scores early. In the next quarter, they're going in to maybe go up 10 nothing, maybe go up 14 nothing. What Stidham got sacked and fumbled, was that what happened? And that uh, yeah. really just yeah. turned, that, uh, turned that, the game that, on that, its ear. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it ignited the crowd. Absolutely. It and absolutely and Georgia, ignited yeah. the crowd. And it was like a road, it, it was like a road game. It was already like a road game, but after that, it was certainly like a road game. And uh, but but even that game, though, I mean, it was Auburn, didn't Auburn, Auburn missed a field goal. In the fourth quarter to tie it, didn't they? I yeah, believe. I think it was thirteen to seven. I want to say, and they had, Auburn was hanging around and hanging around. Late carry the third on quarter, fumbled. Yeah, lost. carry on. Yeah. Yeah, carry on, yeah. fumbled. Carry on, fumbled. You know, yeah. was hurt obviously. But look, I mean, credit to Georgia. That was a. And remember, now they had just been humiliated by Auburn, and they they came they back pissed. and really, yeah, they 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 kind of had the chip on their shoulder. Shoulder where I felt like Auburn had the chip on its shoulder cool. going into the first game that year. Well, uh, Auburn had shut you know. had shut down their running game at Auburn at forty yeah. point forty six yards. Yeah. Which, yes. Which nobody thought they could do, and Georgia wasn't going to let that happen again. And then with Auburn, particularly with Carry On about half speed, uh, they couldn't run it like they if, ran it. If Carry On was healthy in that game, I think uh, fourth quarter I think game, Auburn would have. Yeah, it, it, I think Auburn had a very good shot at winning that one. Um, you were talking, to, guys are talking about Malzahn against Georgia. He's three and seven against Georgia as an OC and a head coach, as we all know. Um, and what's interesting is like there really is no middle ground between a win and a loss as far as stats for him. His offense averages 505.7 yards in wins against Georgia. In the losses, in those seven losses, he's averaging 258.9 yards. Weird. It's weird. Isn't that weird. weird? It's very weird. There's uh, no yeah. middle ground. Nope. And, uh, uh, I mean, they've scored – and the three times he's played, he's played him as head coach at Jordan Air Stadium. He scored forty three, and then he scored only thirteen in two thousand fifteen, which was really his worst team. And then forty in two thousand seventeen. And like I said, they never scored more than one touchdown on the road. 
And uh, well, I think the game. Oh, sorry, Philip. You know what's different is up until not that long ago, <laughs> the visiting team won this game. They the visiting teams. If you look at the all-time series records, Georgia's got a winning record at Jordan Air, and Auburn's got a winning record at Sanford Stadium. And uh, it was like the winning the visiting team didn't always win, but more often than not, the visiting team won. And now, especially for Auburn, it seems like they can't play in Georgia. It's, think, uh, it's strange. I think the frustrating thing for Auburn has to be, you know, I know the SEC championship game, people still remember that one, but I look back to the 2015 and 2016 games. 2016 yeah, is best. 16, you know, 16 I, sticks out the most to me. Yeah, go ahead. Well, sorry. even the even the year before, didn't Auburn have a, f- a fumble yeah. punt? Or, I mean, just a ridiculous yeah, touchdown punt return. A ridiculously horribly played game, basically. Yeah, and but, you know, but, and, and, and you know, and I think that you know those two games. If, if you now, first of all, Auburn's what three games behind all time in the series, and I think perception wise, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people outside the region that kind of follow this rivalry from afar. They see the attention Georgia's getting. They see the highly rated recruiting classes and Georgia's kind of become the media darlings the last few years. And a lot of that's deserved. And maybe some of it isn't as much, but uh, again, I don't, I'm not sure people realize how close this series is. And a couple of games like that really flipped it back in Georgia's favor. But uh, yeah, 2016 never should have lost. Well, well, Georgia could not, was not going to score a touchdown in that game on offense. Yeah, they were not. And Auburn comes out and hands them a pick six to start the third quarter, and they got they got they had that they had to have something like that to win, and they got it. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I thought that that was worse than 2015 to me, simply because the 2015 team wasn't very good. Uh, that the was six, a pretty good team. That was a pretty team, good team. Yeah, the six, 16 but, team is pretty good. But what really stood out to me, obviously, with that game, as you said, Georgia just wasn't going to score. But Auburn was playing an injured Sean White, and yeah. and everybody knew it, and he couldn't throw throw the ball very well. And you know. but they kept trying to throw it instead of running it. That's exactly, the, that was, that was it, the other weird thing. It was so baffling. Uh, it's one of the weirdest games of the Gus Malzahn era, in my I, opinion. I just I just feel like for perception. I mean, forget about the fact that if Auburn wins, there's still a lot of things are still on the table for this season. I'm t- I'm speaking more in terms of perception. If they can win this game and let's say Georgia loses the SEC championship, you know, whatever, they both could end up with two or three losses and they'd have a win. Basically, they could say to people, and again, I look at it from a recruiting standpoint at times too, Auburn is right there with Georgia and beat Georgia. <laughs> Whereas, the, again, the perception is that one program's way up high and the other one's right. kind of floating yeah. in the wind a little bit. Yeah. Which you know, by the way, Auburn's got three wins over Georgia this decade, right, and is only and barely trails in the all-time series. I mean, these are yeah. two yeah, even programs. I mean, since, yeah. since two thousand and five, I mean, Georgia has. I mean, they they came in there in two thousand and six. They had, I believe, four losses. They had lost to Vanderbilt, mm. uh, and uh, and Auburn was was in the top five. They don't. They only lost to Arkansas, and. Uh, Auburn was in the top five, and Georgia just just beat them like a drum. I mean, well, it, they, they got to they got to turn it around a little bit because Georgia's and, recruiting isn't going to go away, Philip. You know, right? And and then two thousand and seven, it was a big game again. I don't remember exactly what was what, but Georgia beat beat them up pretty beat them by twenty in Athens, and then ironically in two thousand eight when they were terrible, they played a close game at Auburn, but but Georgia won, and then two thousand nine Georgia won. Then Auburn won in 2010. Then they lost two more, and not only lost, got killed. 
Uh, and then they won in 2013, of course. And then the next year, they go over there to, to Athens, still in the, even though they had lost to Texas A&M, still in the hunt for the SEC West and get beat 34 to seven. But yeah, they, la- they laid a I big mean, time egg that day. Yeah. Oh, and uh, scored first in that game, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's the thing. They always score first. So if Auburn scores first Saturday, does that mean is that, uh, that's got, that, that, that only counts? That only counts in Athens. Well, you know, it's funny. When I play golf, whenever I start off really hot, I know I'm going to fall apart. I'd rather, I'd rather, because the mental aspect, I'd rather start off with a couple bogeys and work my way into the round. But yeah, it's, I can't believe that the offense has just fallen flat in so many games. You just feel like they'd be able to manufacture something. But when it goes south against George, it really goes south. Yeah. And now you're talking about uh-huh. this may be George's best defense. This is a this is a really good defense with a very quick no defensive question. line. No very question. quick, very quick all across the board. It, would, it, would, it, would, it would not shock me if neither team gets to 20 in this game. It really wouldn't. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it's uh, in the teens. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We're talking about these weird numbers. Malzahn's teams in those three wins average 291.7 rushing yards on the ground. Uh, that's an incredible mark. Outside yeah. of that, they had one other 200 rushing yard performance, but they lost. Um, other than that, I mean, the rushing marks are extremely low in those losses. So here's my question. Can Auburn run against this Georgia defense that is so good, top five nationally, and is the only team in the country to not allow a rushing touchdown this season? I think that's the question question of the week, Brandon. I think that's uh, – uh, and I think they have to if they're going to be successful. I, I just – I don't think – I don't think Gus's offense is not designed to drop back and throw it 45 or 50 times, regardless of who you're playing uh, and if you're forced to do it, then that's uh, that's going to be a problem. And uh, and you know, to me, that's the question both ways. Can you run it enough to be able to open up the offense? Because if if you can't, if you're inside one dimensional, they're going to have a hard time getting much done. And Auburn feel- and Auburn's offensive line is. Not necessarily, I want to say all of its offensive line, but the Auburn offense has struggled against teams with defensive lines that are equal to theirs or a little bit better. Auburn Auburn hasn't quite played over its head and been able to have a huge rushing uh, game against the likes of like a Florida. Now, the LSU game, 
they had nice rushing numbers, but those were kind of inflated by two big DJ Williams runs. Right. Well, and, yeah, and, and which was, I think, a large portion of their yard, rushing yards. Right, so. a 70-yarder and, what, a 41-yarder or 71-40-yarder. Yeah, yeah, and, right. and outside of that, Auburn really couldn't get much not done. If they do that against Georgia, that's exactly what Georgia yeah, wants. That's, that's going to be real trouble. It's going to be so real trouble. The, my, my question is, is, is like, you know, that's what's so hard about me trying to pick this game. I think Auburn's going to win, but but I sit here and I think, Man, Auburn hasn't really been able to run the ball all that effectively against really good teams. This might be the best defense they've faced. What makes me think that they're going to be able to run the ball against this Georgia defense? Well, it's just and, so you got to think they're going to do better and play better at home. That's all. Well, that's that's what I keep thing. going back to yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because Malzahn seems confident that they're going to be able to run it. I think he does. At least that's my impression. Well, and yeah. uh. Mm-hmm. uh but now, how will they try to run it? I don't know. I, I don't believe they can just say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come out here and play fast and hand it to the tailback," and and uh, they're gonna have to do some different stuff. I would think, maybe not. But it's look if the game was anywhere besides Jordan Air Stadium, I'd pick Georgia. Sure. And I'm like you. I had a hard time deciding, but I I, I picked Auburn. But I don't know how great I feel about it. It's, I think it, it's it's it could be either way. Is this gonna be the is this the game where one we see Whitlow healthy again, but two we see it be the DJ Williams Jartavius Whitlow show, and it's well, that's those two they guys say, on. But how how often has that really happened? That's that's the other thing. It's like we hear these things, and then it rarely pans out. They usually go a different direction, right? Um, and, with Cam Martin involved, and obviously Sean Shivers has to be involved because he's a change of pace guy. Right. But yeah, yeah, I think I the best think plan Cam, would be using those two. I think Cam kind of starts these games because they feel like he he deserves it and he's earned it because he's been such a good soldier for all the time he's been here. And uh, but you know, I have a, he really hasn't been that big a part of the running running attack in big games. This, this is uh, such a fast defense. I still feel like the best way to, to attack Georgia, if you can, is up the middle. And I know that I know they're very good there. But when you look at them wide on defense, they have so much speed and their edge guys are so fast. I just don't know. And again, I'm not a coach. These guys have forgotten more than I'll ever know. But, I, you know, a lot of these games where Auburn got the big, well, the, the Oregon game, some of the yards were receiver jet sweep type things. And that, those are really hard to do against Georgia. Now, if you catch them off balance, that's another thing. You have the right play called at the right time. Well, I think the, the question like is, you know, I think Auburn's defensive line is better than Georgia's, but that's really not the issue. The issue is who's the best between Auburn's offensive line and Georgia's defensive line compared to Georgia's offensive line against Auburn's defensive line. Yeah. Uh, just looking at it, you would say Georgia would probably have a better chance of having success against Auburn's defensive line with their offensive line than the other way around. But, uh, you know, I suspect Derek Brown will be excited to play. So, uh, and, 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 and he'll probably be the best player on the field, or at least on defense. But they better, uh, they better, they better triple team his ass. Yeah, well, that, you know, that, yes, you try to figure these games out, and sometimes you're right on the money, but one of the teams turns it over four times. Oh, that changes, <laughs> you know, that changes yeah, yeah, the dynamic I mean, of everything. That, that so changes everything. Yeah. That makes it a higher scoring game. And that, yeah. if somebody, if somebody significantly loses the turnover battle, that thing. They're going you know, to lose the game. I, one of the things that's killed Auburn's rushing numbers in, in these away games, and, and look, they have not been great, obviously, but it's been the, the lack of uh, 
I don't want to say discipline, you know, the penalties on the offensive line uh, and various penalties that have put them in those long third and oh, long seconds that have made them throw. Yeah, yeah, and so here you go. You, you know, instead of third and three where you want to run power, you can't anymore. All of a sudden you're throwing and, you know, and that's changed the dynamic of all those games. Now, if they come out and are still making those kinds of mistakes at home, then they've got some problems. Now, you would think that well, the they, communication they would they, be a lot less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, I, don't but, think, uh, I don't think now, that'll the, happen. The but they can't, is, you can't get behind the sticks. You're right. That's, that's right. What, and the que- and the that's question, what they did in both of those games. Exactly. And so then you're putting all the pressure on a freshman quarterback that still yeah. is not a guy. Look, he's not where he's going to be in two, three, four years. He's still not a guy that's, you know, he he's he's gets a little jittery back there, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, these are third and long situations. They're tough. All the pressure's on him. Receivers have had a hard time getting open at times. I mean, so, you know, if they can run the ball, if they can offset some of that, and again, if Whitlow's 100%, Williams is 100%, you know, we'll see. Uh, they're, you're right, though. They're different at home. And the question is how much, how much adverse energy will Georgia, have, their offense, have to face with this crowd at Auburn? Because well, we no saw question. it two years ago. We saw it two years ago. No they, did not, they did not handle it well. And, in fact, you've seen some Georgia players uh, say this that- week, They've never experienced anything like that before. And that was a freshman quarterback, too. That's right. A very good freshman quarterback, just yeah. like Bo is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, I don't know. It's it's very hard to pick this game. There's no question. I mean, uh, honestly, Georgia's special teams have been have been better to this point. That's something you got to take into consideration. But it's a it's a tough call. There's no question about it. Okay, guys. I wanted to, to get hit on this because it's a popular topic on the message boards and in the Twitter sphere and everything. Uh, the Arkansas jobs open, you know, they came after Gus Malzahn in 2017. We all know what happened there. Um, we've all heard mixed things uh, about Gus's candidacy, if you if you will, at Arkansas. What do we think about all this? Um, is there anything to it? Could there be something to it? How weird <laughs> is these next three weeks going to be, Philip? I mean, what, what's going on? It's going to be weird. Uh uh, you know, I don't know the answer. I could say, I think there is, I think there's not, uh, there's an awful lot of smoke out there. I'll put it that way. And, uh, uh, so I just think it's, it's, it, it, I think there's several possibilities. One does a question as well. Would Arkansas go that route, try to go that route again? Would Gus, who has said, as you know, privately, that that's not where he would want to go uh, in the past. Uh, but can, can he also, on the other side of that, can he pull what is obviously a very fractured, not just fan base, but, but donor base? Can he pull all those pieces together again at Auburn and uh, to go where they want to go? And I don't know that answer either. Then you got the matter of the buyout sitting out there and is there any way that could be mitigated uh and would auburn would auburn insist on getting their buyout if he was to leave all those questions that i don't have answers for uh i i, I would be lying if i said i didn't have a feeling that there is something in the air but just what it is I'm, i'd be afraid to say at this point i i think i think this is what i've what i've heard from various people i've talked to in arkansas and I've really only talked to one person here that would even have any inkling of things. But mostly this comes from Arkansas folks. There's not mutual interest at this point 
but it's almost like both are kind of just sitting there out in the fields wondering if maybe it could something could come together in a few weeks if things go the right way and that not necessarily the right way it might be the wrong way uh one for auburn if if gus loses to georgia and alabama and he's like hey maybe this is maybe it is time to leave where could i go what jobs are open is arkansas still open and i know that's weird to hear because usually jobs are not filled uh before november 30th or or december 1st uh, but Arkansas's trying to move in a, in a sense to where they're going to try and get a sitting power five coach or a coach head coach somewhere else, and then be able to have them in place a couple of days after the regular season ends. So that deal would have to start coming together rather quickly near the end of the season. Now, having said that, I think that Arkansas would have to sit there and wait and I don't think they're necessarily thinking this, but Gus Malzahn would have to pursue the job for, I think, for based off what I've been told, for Arkansas to seriously consider him, based off well, what I've been told. But Gus Malzahn can pursue the job through, through Jimmy Sexton Absolutely. anytime he chooses to. So. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. I mean, Gus isn't going to call um, up Hunter Yurchuk yeah. himself and go, hey, buddy, I know we haven't met, but um, but I, I don't know if it, if it would make sense for Jimmy Sexton to get on the phone today and be like, Hey, Arky, what's going on? It would make more sense for him to do that. If they lose to Georgia after he talks to Gus and Gus is like, Hey, let's put this plan B out there and see what, if we get any nibbles off of it. Unless, <laughs> unless Gus has decided he's had enough. And, uh, sure. Uh, but the money issue comes into it. Right. Um, well, that would have to you would have to that would have to be figured out, obviously, and uh, and how that would be. Who knows? I, I do think this. I think Gus has the best resume of anybody Arkansas could hire. I oh, that, that would have any chance of hiring, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I'm not sure why. You know the in the message board world, uh, the. Uh, the focus is so hard on what he hasn't done and uh and and frequently not at all on what he has done. And and it hasn't been that long. It was only one season removed from being being one half away from, from playing for the national championship or going to the playoff. And uh so I, I it's it's very strange. It's been very strange for a long time, really. Uh yeah. And uh uh and it's uh I just don't know. I I wish I did. Here's the other here's the other here's the other thing. I mean, Gus is getting paid, you know, seven million pretty much a year. You know, Arkansas I'm sure is gonna be willing to pay that for a coach of his caliber. But if you're Auburn, even though there are some people out there, including, you know, high profile boosters that want him gone, um do you want to have to face him every year at Arkansas, even though you probably figure, hey, we're going to beat him a year or two? But there's going to be an opportunity there maybe in a few years where you might lose to Arkansas with Gus Malzahn as the head coach. <laughs> I, know, I know. Do you want that? Well, the, it, you might all pay attention to what he's done to Arkansas <laughs> yeah. since, he's been, since he's been the head coach at Auburn. Exactly. I, you know, I, I think that's not what you'd prefer, but uh, – 
I think but, that needs to be weighed, though, by people here at Auburn. They need to think about that. But I mean, at, at the same time, I mean, you're not going to give him. You're not going to do anything to keep him. That's not going to happen. They're not going to say, "Okay, we're going to extend the extend no, this." Or no, no. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is be, is be like, "Hey, um, we'll negotiate your buyout, and not let you." I think I, if Gus wants to leave, I go. If you really want to leave, give us seven million dollars, like you're supposed to. We're not going to negotiate a buyout. But you know, Brad, the problem with that is, uh, and, and I think ADs go through this all the time. And say, same thing happened with Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville went to see Jay Jacobs and says, "I really don't want to stay, but I can't, but I have to because I, I have to have that buyout, so I, I can't go." So you're left with uh, either you you work it out with him, or you got a coach who has made it clear he doesn't want to be there. That's true. And. Uh, uh, so it's uh, and that's why Tommy Tuberville got paid, and and uh, it's uh, uh, it's it's you know it's just very unique situation in that you know twenty three months after getting a uh, Godfather deal mm-hmm. with, with a with, with a ridiculous buyout that we're already having this discussion and. Uh, uh, was not was not Stephen Lee's finest hour agreeing to that. It was terrible. And really, I think I, I would say he didn't do Gus any favors, but hey, that's a lot of money. So. <laughs> Who's going to turn but, that down? Yeah, but uh, but but he didn't do Gus any favors in terms of how Gus is perceived by Auburn people because exactly. it just made him ang- angrier when things didn't go as well as they thought yeah. they should. Yeah, the more money that's involved, the more the fans go, hey, you should be winning more games because you're getting paid more money. Yeah, um, and so, somebody told me that a, a ticket for this game is $140 for one ticket. Really? Like, are yeah. you talking about before uh, it went? No, to- no, just the regular price. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um. That's incredible. I wonder what it's yeah. like on the secondary market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 140 bucks. Face That's what I was told. I, well, I, they, they need money to put in one extra bathroom in the press box. Is what I'm told. <laughs> so they, they're working on that right now. No, they need 15 years. So, they got to put a diaper changing table on the, <laughs> in the, in the bathroom. I, I, I still don't understand how fan, every time any of us, usually you fill it, by the way, brings up the press box. People, people get angry at us. Oh, for- <laughs> I, I, I knew that would happen. Well, of course, I, I mean, that they, they, that's uh, they don't care about us. No, but everybody's working. By you think that people would understand well, well, that a work said, environment is a work environment. One guy said we should not sit in the stands like everybody else. <laughs> I'd rather sit in the stands. <laughs> yeah, which could it be on the fifty yard line or what? I mean, that's listen. Uh, anybody listening to this podcast right now, if you want to give up your seat in the stands for a seat in the press box, I'll see careful. if I can work it out with Auburn. <laughs> Because I, I, I'll, I'm probably willing to do that. It's, I'll it's work awful. out. I'll work look, outside. Look, I don't want to dwell on the press box, but I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's terrible. And, I say uh, we fire that press box. What's its buyout? <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like, okay, even if you didn't care about where the writer's workspace was or the media, the radio, everybody, that's fine. I get you. Look, opinions vary on that. But you would think that if you were a diehard Auburn fan, you would understand that the perception and the usage of it from outsiders is only going to make you look bad. Oh, that's dude, exactly. opposing beat writers. That's what it's all about. Opposing really beat writers hate it. In fact, well, one listen, last year, listen. one last year did an entire video after the game 
about how the press box was awful. Well, I don't for their say, website. I, 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 I never I want, want people to come to my campus and say, "Dang, that's the worst there is." <laughs> and it is. It's worst. Well, you know, look. Here's the thing: a scout, an NFL scout that was there a couple of weeks ago, told I think Jason. I don't think Jason. Yeah, what going back? This. Yeah, but yeah, wasn't coming back. And now, okay, look, he's. It's not like that team's not going to draft Auburn people. No, but, but you know, you you want to ha- if you want to be the best, you have the best. That there it is. Like you, Philip, you write about this all the time. Brandon, you do too. If you want the best, you got to have the best. Everybody's got to get on the same page. And this is emblematic, really, of that not happening. Hey, but it's not just the press box. Uh, well, true. I mean, they, I mean, they they've lost. Uh, uh, they're having to use the uh, the Plainsman Park press box to for the overflow for like photo type people uh, for this game because they took away like half the workspace. So. It is 2019. Yep. And there's not enough seats to fit sardines, which is what how they treat us. Um, yeah. It's it, uh, whatever. Well, not even well, been over to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they, we, there's no sympathy for us out there. I, I know that. No, I understand. And, and, and I get that. We we all get that. Look, it, it, we get that. But on the other hand, if you like we said, if you're a big fan of Auburn. This is you, know, you would want this to be well, you would want that, it to be a shining example of what you are. Well, you know? and for example, when I tweet something on Twitter from what I see from the press box or something, they're going, "Hey, stupid! No, it was actually three yards or this or that." I go, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "I'm sorry, I, that's what I saw from up here. I can't, I can't see anything Listen, beyond the glare uh, off the glass, and it's all the way across the stadium uh, in a wheelchair." Hey, they're lucky you're getting the team right. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a it's a long way away, and it's it's uh, it is difficult to see what's going on. But, but anyway, uh, if but anybody anyway. has a ticket and they want to trade, uh, let me know. <laughs> if I see some stranger sitting up there, I guess I'll know. <laughs> if I sitting in the stands with a laptop and wearing gloves, it'd be like covering high school football again. I used to, I used to. Well, and, and look, we we get it. We've talked about this. They and not to beat, we're beating a dead horse probably. And I brought yes. it up, and I forgive me, but. We get that they need the extra revenue. Every school does. Absolutely. Although, oh, I got no argument. Although that. we always hear about how they're just making TV money hand over fist. So where's it all going anyway? So, but they need well, the extra money. I get, that, I get, I get that. But hold a on. A lot Phil, of it they, goes to support every other sport they got. Well, I, I get that, but they, but they needed that extra revenue, which is fine. But every other school in the SEC needs that extra revenue too, and they didn't have a problem figuring out the logistics of this thing. So. There, there it is. It's not, it's not even where it is. It's just how it is. It's uh, the glare. The it's uh, no. I got no problem with them taking away the old press box and do what they did. I, that's 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 the way of the world right now. Just like used to sit on the floor for basketball games, and now we don't. But well, uh, in a sense, in a sense, we were sort of lucky. They were really yeah, one of the yeah. last schools to do that. But it's yeah. what the replacement is. It's so bad. Well, make sure to check out our predictions for Auburn, Georgia on Fearless Forecasters Friday at auburn.247sports.com. A lot of recruiting coverage, too, and a special recruiting podcast being posted Friday at auburn.247sports.com as well. A lot of content coming your way this weekend, guys, so be ready for it. I'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. 
A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with the pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.